Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Yes, folks, it is the 48-hour version of everyone's favorite Tuesday night retro show, ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling Revisited, episode number 48-1724-444-7044, caller ID number 139926. You can talk to us right now. I'm your host of the most, however, the Marty McFly of this joint, however, the Iceman, Jared DiGiolmo from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and joining us in just a few minutes, however, hopefully, will be my Doc Brown. However, none other than King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, as once again, we take you back into a time and place in our wonderful time machine, as this week, however, Gerard has a moment for us like none other, and he is now with us on the line <laughs> as we speak. Let us welcome in the Doc Brown, ladies and gentlemen, the leader of the KO Army, the leader of every army, however, shall we say, Let's just welcome him in right now, Gerard T. Smith. Gerard, how are you, my man? I am fabulous. As am I. And, of course, we're going to be talking a lot about Monday Night Raw here coming up in a few hours, of course, on the Revolution Show. And, of course, we'll also talk a little bit about the show here tonight on Revisited. But uh, right now, however, we are ready to go with our time and place. And what do we got tonight for everyone to listen to? Backlash 2007. Ah, yes, a very, very good show indeed, however. So for all of you people uh, who are uh, wondering, however, Gerard will give you the place where it was, and we will tell you about the card in general, and we will break it down for you as only we can. So with that said, let's turn it over to the man himself right now. Okay. um, The event was Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Uh, the Phillips Arena. Yes. April 29, 2007. Yes, and of course, Atlanta over the years has hosted many great matches over the years, and of course, at one time was the home of the National Wrestling Alliance, later on World Championship Wrestling, as you know, a lot of things happening in that city over the years, including uh, one of the greatest uh, battles of them all, Starcade 1985, hitting Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair against one another, and of course, we've had a lot of other great events over there in Atlanta over the years, and of course, this one did not disappoint, I imagine, so we will tell you about each match and give you our thoughts as we go along here. So the first match, I don't know if this was a undercard or pre-show, Carlito, or Carlito deleted, uh, deleted, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Matt Hardy, No. let me try that again. Right. Carlito defeated Johnny Nitro in a singles match, and the time is unknown. That's all right. Yes, uh, talking about Carlito, of course, as you know, the son of legendary uh, Puerto Rican wrestler Carlos Colon, of course, uh, his two brothers now known as the Shining Stars, uh, one point known as the Bullfighters, Los Matadores, Diego and Fernando, now known as Primo and Epico, if you will. Uh, Johnny Nitro, of course, better known to you all as John One Morrison. is his brother, I think. The other one's his cousin, I thought. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think Primo's his brother and Epico's his cousin. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And, of course, Johnny Nitro, as we mentioned, uh, John Morrison, the Shaman of Sexy, the Tuesday Night Delight, how are the Palace of Wisdom, of course. Johnny Muno and Lucha. Yes, Johnny Moon and Lucha, that's correct, yep. A guy who I think should, uh, if I'm him, how are uh, I'm wondering about my future in Lucha, how I wonder if I'm gonna, how long I'm going to continue to stay in Lucha if uh, the WWE or TNA comes to call, and I'm surprised neither one of these federations have had a chance to call me up and say, hey, we want you in or we want you back, you know. Uh, your thoughts about this match? Oh, well, I thought it was pretty good. I always liked Carlito and uh, Johnny. Yes, and Carlito, of course, known for his uh, apple spitting technique, if you will. He also also used to host a uh, very interesting talk show back in the day called Carlito's Cabana. Of course, uh, one of the more interesting highlights of that show, I think, was when I think it was either Piper or Cena came on the show one time, took a bite out of the apple, and chucked it right in the face of Carlito, if I remember correctly. So uh, a very, very interesting uh, way to kick off this show here in the ATL. All right, what do we got next? Next on the dock it is for the Tag Team Championship. The Hardy Boys defeated... Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch in 14 minutes and 18 seconds. Yes. And, of course, uh, tragically, unfortunately, we lost Lance Cade about three or four years ago due to a health issue. Of course, he was very young when he passed away. Uh, he also was a student of the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy down in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Trevor Murdoch, I believe, was the son of legendary NWA wrestler and also fellow WWE competitor, Dirty Dick Murdoch. Of course, he also competed in the AWA, of course, back in the day. with. He Dusty still fights in there. I believe, yeah, he's still wrestling under the independence scene last I heard. Yeah, I think he was doing a couple shows a few months ago out in the Midwest somewhere like in Kansas or Nebraska. I think he's still fighting on occasion, yes. Um, of course, WWE, uh, like I said, he was a very tough wrestler back in the day, no question about it. Of course, he was definitely not like his father, although his father was a very tough wrestler. Of course, he was teammates and rivals with Dusty Rhodes. He, of course, also, like I said, teamed up with his... Uh, his father also teamed up with Adrian Adonis back in the WWE in the early 80s to form the North-South Connection. They were a very, very good team. In fact, I just watched a match of them about two weeks ago of them teaming up together, taking on Andre the Giant and... Uh, Hulk Hogan at the Meadowlands, the old uh, Meadowlands Arena back in 1984. And at the time, Murdoch was like about 270, 275 from Waxahachie, Texas. Of course, Adonis was a young t- was only 250 at the time. Of course, this would be a few years before he got into the whole adorable Adrian Adonis motif. Of course, Adonis also teamed with at one time Jesse the Body Venture to form the East-West Connection. And uh, they were a very good team as well. So uh, as far as Mad Jeff Party go, we know about their history. They've been talking about also them coming back to WWE. And at one point, I thought I heard someone mention to me yesterday after uh, last night's show. They messaged me late last night saying that there was a rumor going around that Mad Jeff Party might be throwing their weight in maybe into buying to TNA as TNA seems to be in trouble once again. Uh, your thoughts about this matchup? I thought it was very good. Yes. Yes, it was. All right. What do we got next? Uh, hold on a second. We have... Yes. For the WWE Women's Championship, Melina defeated Mickey James in nine minutes and two seconds. 
Yes, and talking about Mickey James, we know Mickey James will be making her return to the WWE for one night, possibly coming up in less than a month from now, in about three weeks. However, in Toronto, taking on Asuka, the Japanese female warrior for the NXT Women's Championship. However, it will be very interesting to see if uh, she could pull off the upset or if Oscar's uh, going to be too tough uh, for Mickey James to handle. We'll have to wait and see. And, of course, Molina, we all know about her history back in the day involved with guys like Johnny Nitro and Batista. Um, she was also the leader of the very unique tag team M&M, uh, a very, very good wrestler to me. Uh, even though she had a lot of screen power behind her lungs at times, she was a pretty damn good uh, um, wrestler nevertheless. And it's a shame WWE uh, could not keep a hold of her, unfortunately. I thought they could have uh, kept her around a little longer, but I guess she had some falling out with management or she decided to go out on her own and uh, just decided to head out of the WWE altogether. Uh, your thoughts? She's, very, she's too much of a diva. She wants her way too much because she went to Lucha for a few uh, matches or I don't know if she was there for a whole season, but then yep. they got rid of her too because she was just too... Uh, I don't know, too diva-ish, I guess. She wanted this and that and wanted yes. her own way, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised TNA didn't take a chance on her at one point. There was some talk that TNA was very much interested in her, but then I guess TNA was like uh, WWE and Lucha, like you mentioned. They didn't want to have anything to do with her. Uh, could we see Melina return to the WWE down the road sometime, maybe in the future? No. Oh, let's see here. Okay. I'd say she would just stay in the independence. If, I don't say any big... Yeah. Uh, ROH or anybody won't sign her because she's too uh, too judgmental, too uh, critical people. Too, uh, too, I don't know. Needy. Uh, yeah, needy, bitchy. I uh, hate to whiny. say that word, but yeah. whiny. And if mm-hmm. shit doesn't go her way, then she throws a hissy fit. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, no one wants that. So. That's true. You're right. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would definitely agree. It's a shame because, I mean, she had such a good future with her in WWE. I had a chance to go back and watch earlier today, uh, this afternoon, actually just a little while ago, right before we went on the air here tonight, uh, the match she had. Actually, she was the one leading uh, her band and, of course, Joey Mercury to a battle with the Hardys uh, at the ECW December to Dismember show back in 2006. Of course, one of the only good matches of that entire program, if you will, considering it went 20, 25 minutes long, but... Uh, after that, of course, Malia, like you said, of course, had a lot of uh, pressing issues with both the talent and uh, herself in general, nevertheless. So, uh, very unique match, I would have to say, in more ways than one. Okay, what do we got next? We got next... A singles match for the WWE United States Championship. Chris Benoit defeated MVP... In 13 minutes and 10 seconds. Yes, and of course we've mentioned about uh, we've mentioned these guys before, Benoit and MVP. Of course, Benoit, of course, uh, sad to say, unfortunately, uh, a short time after this, of course, would uh, no longer be around. However, needless to say, this was pretty much uh, near the end of his uh, unfortunate uh, uh, life. Let's just say I don't want to be too mean mean spirit about it, but this was near the end of. Uh, his life and career as we know it. MVP, another guy, of course, we mentioned, of course, got in his way in WWE for a time. Uh, of course, he also worked in TNA, and now there's been talk he might be returning to WWE. I don't know if that's going to happen. 
uh, but you never know. No, MVP, they want him to come back, but he, uh, I don't know if it was not enough money, and then the Lucha thing, he went to Lucha and he said something wrong, and then he was cut off for that, too, so that might have been a reason WWE didn't take him back, but I heard they weren't going to give him enough money to come back. Yeah, I think I heard that same thing, too. You're right. You're right. But then he said a racist remarks or something. Yes. Uh, he did yes. an interview before he debuted. He was signed on Lucha. Mm-hmm. Then he did an interview, and he mm-hmm. said some like racist comments or something. And then yes. Lucha yes. said, forget yeah, and they, they cut him before. Uh, yeah, they, they said right then and there, we can't have that. Exactly. You're right. You're right. That's exactly right. Especially in Lucha, because you got like, all kinds of different... Uh, you know, nationalities and uh, like, yeah, you got people. And Japan and like a whole bunch of different uh, mm-hmm. cultures. And you can't yes. be doing that. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Uh, your thoughts about the matchup? Uh, I liked it. Um, you know, uh, when Chris Benoit would fight, I'd love to watch him wrestle because he was such a great technician and great yes. wrestler. And MVP was pretty good too at the time. Yes, definitely, no question about it. And as we mentioned, uh, tragically, unfortunately, we know what would happen later on down the road with Ben Juan that kind of, and we've talked about it many times over, it kind of made you sick to your stomach just to hear all that, and it's just it's unfortunate that it had to happen that way. But um, nevertheless, uh, if you want to go back and watch Chris Ben Juan, his finest matches, I would highly recommend uh, getting and maybe trying to purchase if you can find it anywhere, whether it be a Walmart or Target or Best Buy even, maybe a uh, exchange store, uh, the Chris Benoit story called Hard Knocks. Some great matches on there going back from the stage in Japan to ECW to WCW to WWE. Some very unique uh, matches to watch there. And also the story itself, very interesting. His mom and dad are on it. He talks about um, this is how he grew up idolizing the Dynamite Kid and the British Bulldogs as well as the Hearts. And that's how he got his start in the Hart Family Dungeon by training with uh, Brett's father, uh, Stu Hart. And, of course, we all know one of the best matches I think I've ever seen Chris fight was that match he had with Brett in the Owen Hart Tribune match back in October of 1999. All right, uh, what do we got next? On the docket next, we have... Handicap match for the ECW World Championship. Team McMahon, Umaga, Mr. McMahon, Shane McMahon defeated Bobby Lashley in 15 minutes and 45 seconds. Yes, and of course, uh, Bobby Lashley, as you know, is now in TNA and also doing work in Bellatar. Uh, Shane McMahon and Vince, of course, along with Umaga, of course, another guy we lost way too soon, sad to say, due to a heart issue at the age of 34. Uh, of course, he was known as the Samoan Bulldozer. Um, I would, I mean, I can only imagine if he was still around today, how what kind of match he would have with a guy like Roman Reigns. I mean, that would be very interesting to see if those two would uh, scrape with one another, or even guys like Umaga and Kevin Owens, or Umaga and Kevin uh, Owens, if you ask me, as well as Rusev and Roman. Some interesting matches, but I'm sure would come out of that. Uh, your thoughts about this matchup? Uh, I was always a big fan of Umaga. I loved his work. I loved uh, everything about the guy. Um, mm-hmm. And also Bobby Lashley was a underrated, and they didn't really do much with him there. I think they're doing more with him in TNA. Yes. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Match. Yes. yes, I would agree. I would agree. And you're right about 
Lashley, I feel he got totally undercut in uh, WWE quite a bit, of course, even though he won the ECW Extreme title at the Extreme Elimination Chamber in December to December, back in December of 2006. Uh, for much of 19, for 2007 and into 2008, I think they really started missing the boat on him. He started, uh, I don't know if he had a meltdown or he just really got tired of the politic game like a lot of these wrestlers have had in the past. However, and he finally just said to WWE and Vince, how you know what, how I'm tired of this crap. I'm walking out of here. I'm going my own way. I mean, if you're going to give me my release, fine. If not, I'm still going to go anyway. And sure enough, he did. And so uh, that being said, that's what happened. So there you go. All right, what do we got next? Uh, second last match on the card is the last man standing match for the World Heavyweight Championship. The Undertaker champion versus Batista ended in a draw, 20 minutes and 23 seconds. Hmm, interesting. And we've talked about both of these guys in the past, of course. Uh, Batista, of course, there's been rumors about him possibly making a return down the road. I mean, we haven't seen him for quite a while. I don't see that happening unless he surprises everyone by returning, but we have not seen him in action in quite some time. Uh, you never know. He could show back up in the WWE again, but uh, he has not been in the WWE for a few years now. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever come back. I mean, you're just as good as mine. As far as Taker goes, we've all talked about the Undertaker in the past and in the present, and we don't know where his uh, next uh, match lays. I mean, there's been some talk already. Well, he already had surgery or something. There were pictures of him circling with uh, crutches, and I heard yes. he just had surgery. Not yeah, he did just a few weeks ago. He had hip surgery, and uh, there's talk. They're not sure what to do with him this year at WrestleMania if he does, in fact, fight at WrestleMania. We know about the match he had with Shane this past year. Uh, I was telling, um, I think it was my, I was telling my friend Aaron the other day. I said, you know what though? I mean, I think if it makes sense, however, I think they ought to, if he's going to do one more match, however, and if this is going to be the final chapter, like many people think it, I've been saying the last few years. However, I mean, it would only make sense if him and John Cena could maybe uh, do a match at WrestleMania this year if they decide to go that way. Both of these guys, and if they do, the question is, which one of them do you turn heel? I mean, I would almost certainly think you would have to turn Taker back into a heel again one more time unless you decide to finally turn Cena, but I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see, but uh, yeah, I saw the taker prior to the surgery. He looked a little bit out of sync however, ever since WrestleMania, but uh, now it's going to be interesting to see how much uh, recovery time he's going to need and what they got planned for him uh, going into next year, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the question is, is he officially done? We really don't know, but uh, we'll be definitely keeping our eyes on that story in more ways than one. All right, uh, before we get to anything else, I have a quick reminder, folks. Uh, tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m., you can catch Mr. WCW Chad Hinch on myself, talk about your movies, music, and other sorts of good news, however, here on the Outside Ropes show, beginning at 6.30 p.m. The caller ID is 141387. Then at 8 o'clock, join the big three of Gerard, myself, and Michelle with the debate table, 139925-pound. And then, of course, Revolution resumes at 8, 9 o'clock. And we will be talking about SmackDown, of course, from tonight. Of course, they are taping SmackDown here just a little bit in Green Bay, Wisconsin, if you will, the home of the Packers. 138055-pound is the caller ID, and that will be getting underway at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Of course, tonight we will be talking about last night's Raw, which we'll be talking about here in just a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen, as well as here tonight on Revolution. And, of course, we got a lot to dive into. Gerardo and I will also have your new local news for you, and if any news comes up, before 9 o'clock, we will be sure to let you know right away. But if not, we will start it at 9 o'clock. And then Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, along with the rest of our gang, will be going over the weekend review as far as what happened on last night's Raw. And then don't forget this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, join Gerard, myself, Michelle, and the rest of the gang 
with a very special Hell in a Cell prediction show and maybe a few bets along the way being made. The bell time is set for 5 p.m. this Sunday afternoon, so you might want to check that out this Sunday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, here on Revolution, however, as it will be a very special Hell in a Cell pre-Halloween edition of Hell in a Cell. And it should be a really, really good show. Of course, yesterday was a very good show on our radio. You can go back to listening to that. Uh, Gerard came on, as well as Michelle, or myself, uh, the Heartbreak Kid, as well as uh, the Human Suplex Machine. And we also had a few guests join us. Our, and, uh, Gerard will tell us who those guests were right now. Gerard, we had quite a bit of a party. Well, they, they both have uh, nicknames. I was going to tell you yesterday, but uh, go ahead. I forgot. Uh, Don is the Samoan princess. Yes. Uh, and Mary is uh, the Foxy's lunatic. She likes Dean Ambrose, and yes. Don likes all the Samoans. Well, our favorite team is the Usos. There you go. So we had the Samoan princess, however, and the Foxy Lunatic join us on the show. Okay, thank you very much, George. Yes, uh, it was quite fun having them on yesterday. We had a good time with them, and I know they had a great time being on Raw Radio Show, and we told them that anytime they want to come back on the show, they are more than welcome to. We got some bets along the way yesterday, and we had a good time. You can listen to all of them, along with Gerard and Michelle, every Friday night at 7 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. Start your weekend off right, however, with the Women's Revolution as Gerard and the gang talk to you about the Women's Revolution of TNA, MMA, UFC, WWE, NXT, ROH, all the good stuff. The caller ID is 139927. And don't forget, every Thursday night, you can listen to Gerard and Michelle on Top Heel Inc. That's right, Top Heel Inc., beginning at 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. Or, 7 p.m. Thank you. I screwed up. Yes, 7. Thank you, Gerard. Uh, this every, this and every Thursday night, 14562. You can listen from 7 to 9 or 7 to 8 p.m. Of course, it's always a great time when Gerard and Michelle talk about the past heels and current heels of wrestling, however, and that is every Thursday night on Top Heel Inc. And also check out Top Heel Inc. on Facebook.com, ladies and gentlemen, where you can leave your comments and questions for both Gerard and Michelle. They will get back to you pronto as well. So, Gerard, what do we got next as far as our match goes here at Backlash 07? Okay, this is the last match. This is the main event. Yes. This is a fatal four-way match for the WWE Championship. Yes. Which John Cena defeated Edge, Randy Orton, and Shawn Michaels. It was 19 minutes and 24 seconds. Yes, and of course, you talk about four great wrestlers there. No question about it. They are all unique in their own way. Uh, very, very exciting to say the least. Uh, your thoughts about this matchup? Oh, I thought it was a really good matchup with all the guys involved. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly, no question about. It. I would agree there. I would definitely agree there. Um, very unique match, as we said. Of course, John Cena, as you know, uh, starting to scale back a little bit more in his career nowadays. However, compared to what he was back then, uh, he of course is a part of the Total Bella Show, which you can see every Wednesday night on E. At 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, with Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Daniel Bryan, uh, John Laranitis, I mean Laryngitis, Kathy Bella, JJ, and the rest of the Bella clan. Uh, they are now going into episode number four, as I believe they have three more weeks to go for the premiere of Total Bellas. Believe it or not, this week should be a very, very good show. Last week kind of took a hit last week in the ratings, but nevertheless, a very unique show planned for this week. As uh, I understand, it should be a very action-packed show coming up tomorrow night there on E. Uh, that being said, we'll talk more about that at a later time. But in the meantime, Gerard, on a scale of 1 to 10, however, let's get your thoughts about this show as far as Backlash 07. What would you give this one? Um, I'd have to give it an 8. 
Yes, I would have to give it about seven or an eight myself. I thought there were some good matches on this card. The Fatal Four Way, like you mentioned, was very good. I thought uh, the one I kind of was a little hesitant about, obviously, however, was obviously the opening matchup. But again, it was a pre-show match, so there you go. So. All righty then, folks. Uh, with that being said, we want to thank Gerard for giving us another great moment here in our time machine tonight. And, of course, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we will have another great moment for you next Tuesday night, however, on the 1st of November. Of course, hopefully by then, yours truly, the Marty McFly, will have uh, his computer back up and running as he is supposed to get it back tomorrow. So that's a very good sign, however. But uh, we'll save that talk for another time in another place. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we're now going to talk about last night's Monday Night Raw in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Gerard last night. It was quite a night in Minneapolis in more ways than one. Uh, the rains came in just a little bit ago. Unfortunately, they took a little bit of a hit this week. They went to a 2-0, but nevertheless, however, I thought it was a pretty good show for the most part. Uh, let's get your take on last night's show. What were your thoughts about last night's show in Brock Lesnar's hometown? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the Brock segment kind of got cut short, I guess, but, because uh, Paul, I guess, was sick of the fans shouting Goldberg, but then at the end, they were shouting Goldberg sucks, but they walked off anyways, but, yes. uh, it was pretty good, the the triple threat was, uh, yes. pretty good, um, I did like the I like the way that finish went. I I was really surprised that Seth actually pinned both of them. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, to me, I think the segment of the night, and I know Michelle would hate me for saying this, how and she would have a difference of opinion. But I think to me, the segment of the night that really hit home wasn't the Brock Heyman segment. I mean, that kind of segment, in my opinion, I think fell a little flat last night. But the segment that really hooked me in was the whole Sasha Banks Charlotte. Uh, Mick Foley thing. I mean, that segment just really, really was intense from the word go, and it, it delivered in a big time way. Yeah, uh, Mick Foley went nuts out there saying, like, "Do you know? Do you realize what you're gonna have to do? Do you realize you're gonna have nightmares for the rest of your life and everything?" And mm-hmm. it was pretty. He was pretty like. I think he was like shooting it too. I think. Yeah, he uh, was. I think he was too. I mean, it seemed like it because I mean, he. Just... I think he like went off script there, and he. Kind of went right from the heart. Oh, he did. I, I think he did too. You could tell he got a lot of. I mean, he had a lot of emotion in that voice of his, and you could tell the fans really were biting. I'm sure a lot of people in the back were biting their fingernails watching on the TV backstage, and I'm sure at home were wondering what the hell is he doing here? What's he saying? But and I think I almost thought Sasha was going to cry when he brought up Eddie Guerrero. I see. I thought that too because I could tell Sasha's eyes were starting to water a little bit. But the thing. That really, I the thing that really I was I like kind of liked at the end. I mean, yeah, Charlotte. Of course, we know she's the perfect heel, and she always finds a way to get her point across. The part I liked at the end was when she said to Sasha, "However, I'll see you Sunday, sweet." And then the best part I like is when Sasha made the famous line. No, no, Charlotte goes, "I'll see you in Boston," and then Sasha goes, "Yeah, I'll see you in hell." <laughs> yeah, it was it was sort of like yeah, so I was gonna say it was sort of like the line from Tombstone. It's sort of like uh, battle between uh, who was it? Uh, White Earp, in this case, uh, Sasha Banks, and in this case, uh, Johnny Ringo being the uh, character of Sasha ba- uh, Charlotte Flair. But yeah, I mean, those two just really went out there, and I mean that. I mean that was the first time I think we'd seen in a long time. There was no physical contact. There was no big uh, hair pulling. There was no chair throwing or even fist flying. However, it was just a straight up. Serious... I think it was the first time that we ever seen that on a contract yeah, signing. Yeah, it was. It was pretty mellow. For the most part, it was pretty mellow, but uh, it was also pretty out there, too. And like I said, I mean, 
I just think uh, all three of them did a great job. However, they should be commended for the job they did. And like I said, I mean, I was even telling John this last night on his post show. However, I mean, I think those girls are going to be given at least 20 or 30 minutes on Monday or Sunday night. I really do. I think you have to give them a half hour because those two girls are going to tear each other apart in that cell. It's going to be so brutal to watch. And I will be watching. We all will. And uh, I think, I mean, those three just absolutely hit a home run in every sense of the word last night. Those those three delivered. And like you said, the main event was good, I thought, too. Uh, very good, especially at the beginning when Jericho came out uh, all panicky and worrisome. And then he's, like, flipping out and saying, where's my list? Where's my list? Where's my list? And uh, when uh, Kevin Owens is trying to calm him down and Seth has it behind his back, he's like, you have my list. You have my list. And Ron's just, like, playing dumb. He's like, I don't have your list. I mean, where where do you see the list? I don't see the list. Do you see the list? I don't see the list. And then he eventually trying to get it back from a bunch of people in the locker room. He's uh, talking to the Shining Stars and uh, who was it? Jinder Mahal. And then uh, oh, the the Jinder Mahal thing was pretty funny though. Oh, it was great. I thought it was even funnier. However, whenever well, the Shining Stars were uh, asking him, however, something about the Shining Star Hotel, and then he questioned Titus O'Neil. However, then Titus says, "I think a stupid idiot." Think a, what are you wearing, a stupid scarf or something. But yeah, Jericho was on point last night, but as far as the Brock Heyman thing goes, I like I said, I was really disappointed. I think they really kind of failed in that regard. I mean, they, if they had they should have kind of let Brock talk, but see, Brock, Brock's not really a good talker. That's why right. Paul Heyman's there. Right, exactly. And the thing is, they could have... at least said a couple of words, maybe a line or... So. Oh, sure. I agree. I would agree. And the thing is, like last week, they could have put the main event on, the triple threat on first, however, and then they could have gone with the Brock segment to close the show. They kind of did the exact reverse uh, thing. But uh, speaking of talking, however, one thing that was in the back we saw what happened involved uh, Brian Kendrick and TJP. Of course, uh, TJP was sitting in during the Brian Kendrick-Rich uh, Swan match, and then you saw... Kendrick get a little emotional. You kind of didn't see if he was smiling, if he was really coming from the heart. What did you make of that whole thing with team TJP and Brian? I think he was trying to suck him in again. Um, but to make him lose was kind of stupid. You got to make him win. Yeah. I don't understand with the with the fact that WWE always likes sometimes to make the the number one contender lose all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking because it looks bad on them if you're going into a championship match like next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could make them win. Sure. But uh, sure. I think he's just sucking them in, um, yeah. trying to get him uh, wound up, trying to get his feeling, trying to get him to feel sorry, to get in his head. But yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, certainly, certainly, no question about it. I would agree. He wasn't having none of it, and he walked away. No, he wasn't. You're right. And, what uh, some, the hell? I want to bring up another uh sure. What the hell is it with the club? Like, they made Carl Anderson lose last night again. Yeah, I was wondering that, too, you know. Even when they cut out Enzo's mic, Enzo did the whole thing without a mic, however, and yet the fans knew every word. I, I didn't understand that either, especially when, uh, what was it, uh, Gallows hopped off on the apron, and the ref told him to get down. Next thing you know, he cast, no offense to Cass and Enzo, but he then boots Anderson, and then they make Anderson lose that one. I just, I didn't understand that at all. And then the other thing I didn't get, two other things I didn't get, one of them was obviously the Bo Dallas-Curtis Axel thing. I mean, yes, I understand Bo's got a new attitude. He's definitely shown a little bit more of a mean streak. But to have Axel lose in his hometown, it just it, that didn't seem right to me. But this really blew my mind. To have the New Day lose to Cesaro and Sheamus, even though they haven't seen eye to eye, I mean, this was non-title granted, but still, 
I mean, everyone's been saying, and we've talked about it, and John even said that they're trying to maybe, and I think you've mentioned it too, they're trying to make uh, the New Day break demolitions record. But right now, I would say the New Day, however, is kind of uh, trending, let's say, a little bit backwards here today. I mean, they're kind of, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do Sunday, but to have the New Day lose to Cesaro and Sheamus, I didn't get that at all. I just don't understand why there's still a team and Mick Foley's playing the Garrett. I mean, are they really trying to set the record with breaking Demolition's record, or are they going to finally uh, come short of that record? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. It, it kind of pisses me off because the club couldn't win the belts, but if you make Sheamus and Cesaro win them, they're not going to keep them very long unless no. Sheamus, or unless Sheamus turns face or yeah. Cesaro turns heel, one or right. the other, and they can start clicking, that's the only way they're going to make a team. Because look at all the other teams mm-hmm. uh, they made, like John Cena with different heels, and right. uh, exactly. Shawn Michaels, or I think. Uh, but uh, Yeah, no question. And it's going to piss me off if they win it, because this is only like their first opportunity at it, and the club had two or three opportunities, and they couldn't do it, and they exactly. should but. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. And like I said, the Bo Dallas Axe thing, I, I'm still baffled by that. I mean, I understand, like I said, with this whole Bo thing, they're trying to finally give Bo a real big edge, and they haven't been doing that for a while now, ever since that whole incident he got into trouble with. But uh, they just continue to bury Axel at every turn, and they could have had Axel at least get one good salt win in his hometown. But the thing I really am getting sick of more than anything and I have to say it. I mean, I'm a f- big fan of this chick. I love her to death, and that's my girl Bailey. She once again gets screwed over by Dana Brooke because Dana Brooke thinks she's God's gift to reality by being this muscle-bound uh, sidekick to Charlotte Flair. I mean, last night she tried to injure Bailey again, however, by arm-wrestling her, however, and she thinks, oh, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. i got the muscles to back it up. Well, guess what, Charlotte, or Dana, however, you got all those because you think you're so badass because you were kissing Charlotte Flair's ass and being her lackey in WWE. Now, the question is, however, I mean, with Emma coming back, however, do they uh, start a feud up with Dana and Emma, or does uh, Bailey maybe bring Emma in and taking out Dana? I mean, where do you think they go with this whole thing? I heard she's going to SmackDown, maybe, but uh, I don't know. They're kind of keep showing her for Raw, so... Yeah. I heard she's going to be face, so I guess she's going to be with uh, Bailey, I guess. That's what I heard, but... Yeah, I would think that... Change, I guess. Yeah. And like I said, however, I mean, I mean, they keep showing the videos of the from Transform from Emma to Emmalina coming soon at a raw. Yeah, but I I feel that's kind of like a heel kind of thing, but uh, yeah, I do too. Emmalina, like, yes. Mhm. Uh, I don't know, but someone. Oh, I think MLD told me that she's seen. Uh, she was. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, she's at a house show or something, and. She was mm-hmm. on the SmackDown brand, so hmm. maybe they were just testing her. There. Yeah, they could be. They could be. We'll, we'll see. And, of course, speaking of SmackDown, as I mentioned, folks, that'll be coming up here in just a little bit. Of course, uh, I believe tonight, however, once again, uh, everyone's favorite little Internet hero, the new Internet hero, I should say, James Elworth, will be in action, we understand. He is supposed to take on, I believe, uh, AJ for the, uh, I believe, um... Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, AJ Styles. No, Dean Ambrose is taking on AJ, and if he can win, he gets a shot at the pay-per-view. 
Oh, okay, that's how it's working? Okay, I didn't know. Okay, so thank you. That's, I was wondering. Yeah, but I think James Elworth's going to get a spot on SmackDown or get signed to SmackDown or get a match or something, they said. but Sure. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I mean, to me, like I said, I mean, it's just I've said this for the last few weeks. I just I don't know why they keep portraying this guy as like a hero. I mean, it's just yes, it might be good publicity. I understand that, and he's trying to get him his name recognized and uh, show that uh, he is the first guy who uh, isn't backing down from anybody. But at the same time, however, he just thinks, however, by showing up, however, on uh, SmackDown, however that he can go in there right away and challenge guys like uh, AJ Styles. Now, I mean, like I said, I mean, last week I thought it was ridiculous that uh, what happened was crazy. It's just, I don't know. Just This guy just does not impress me at all. This guy really does not impress me at all. And talking about uh, guys getting squashed, however, I mean, look at Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman last night literally uh, just pummeled Sami Zayn within a couple of seconds, and they don't even have a match. And now... That leads me to wonder if they're going to throw that on the pre-show Sunday or Bo Dallas versus Curtis Axel again. I don't know. I mean, we've only heard six matches are listed, but your guess is as good as mine. So I don't know where they're going from this, from here with this. Um, another thing that will coming up on SmackDown, I'm sure this week that will be addressed, obviously, is uh, the whole Nikki Carmella thing after what happened last week. What was your take on that last week with Nikki and Carmella? I meant to ask you. Um... I thought it was kind of hokey. Um, mm-hmm. She came out there with big surprises, she said, and the big surprise was that Nikki Bella was dating John Cena. Well, any wrestling fan already knew that mm-hmm. years ago. Or sure, sure, right. So that's no big secret. They're on total divas together and total Bellas and everything, so that was no big secret. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Carmella <laughs> kind of, I don't know, she's seems like she's trying too hard or something. Right, right. No question about it. I agree. I agree. And uh, obviously, of course, speaking of divas, or women, shall we say, we understand. uh, I don't know if Becky Lynch has been cleared to return to the ring yet, but uh, there has been talk already that uh, possibly we could see a matchup between uh, Becky and Miss Harley Quinn herself, Alexa Bliss. Next week it's supposed to be. Oh, it's next week? No, okay. November 8th. In England or whatever. Scotland. Two weeks. In two weeks. Scotland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. two weeks. Yeah, it'll be in two weeks. Yeah, November 8th. Uh, that'll happen. Yeah, they'll be over in Scotland for the first time. I thought it was in England, too. But, yeah, coming up on November 8th, uh, two weeks from tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at the SSC. Well, yeah, they're supposed to have a championship match there. Yes. So, that'll be fun because I looked at their schedule for November. Uh, they're in Newark next week. And then, of course, they go to Scotland in two weeks, the 7th and 8th for Raw and SmackDown tapings. And then right before uh, TakeOver in Toronto, uh, up in your neck of the woods, they will be in Buffalo the 14th. The 15th, they go to Wilkes-Barre, which is about four hours away from me. I have a few friends who are going to that show. And then, of course, the 19th, they will be doing TakeOver that Saturday night, of course, which will be a great Saturday night, which, by the way, we will all be making predictions on that show. Hopefully, we'll know more of the card as we go along. We only know a couple of the matches have been listed already, including uh, the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, Mr. Glorious, Bobby Roode, Askewa taking on Mickey James, and of course, the big return match that everyone is looking forward to seeing, and I know I'm looking forward to seeing these guys go at it one more time, the Samoan Submission Machine, the Master of the Kikina Clutch, Samoa Joe, 
taking on Shinsake Nakamura. And, of course, we will have more. And the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. So I was just going to say, yes, we're going to have the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament that night, too. Yes, so we'll be crowning new champions in the Dusty Tournament. Yes, that's correct. And then that Sunday, the 20th, of course, ladies and gentlemen, the Survivor Series will be held in Canada, folks. Yes, folks, Toronto, to be exact. And then Monday, November 21st, the Monday before Thanksgiving, for all you U.S. fans, however, Monday Night Raw will be coming to you live from Toronto once again at the Air Canada Center. But uh, prior to that, folks, ladies and gentlemen, I think I saw the ad for it last night. Tickets will be going on sale two weeks from this, or three weeks from this coming Friday, I believe, the, right before takeover, for WrestleMania 33. The package will start this Monday, folks, however, but I believe t- actual individual tickets will go on sale uh, for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and I believe Raw and SmackDown in Orlando. It's going to be all in Orlando that week, however, uh, from, I believe, April 3rd, however, through, I believe, the 6th or the 7th of April. I'm not really sure, but uh, nevertheless, it should be a very, very good time in Orlando. I know a lot of people are going to be going to Orlando. I was originally set to go, but now, unfortunately, due to a prior obligation, I will not be attending uh, the event, unfortunately, but hopefully next year I'll be making it to WrestleMania, but uh, I know a few people are going um, they're expecting 80,000 down there in Orlando. It's going to be a crazy, crazy time, of course. Um, as you know, uh, WWE, of course, after uh, this Sunday, has uh, three more pay-per-views to go this year, believe it or not. We've got the Survivor Series, and then we've got two in December. December 4, TLC, SmackDown will be doing their version of TLC this year, live from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. And then, of course, the big roadblock pay-per-view the week before Christmas on Sunday, December 18th in the... PPG Paints Arena in my hometown of Pittsburgh, which I already got my tickets for, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing there, and uh, who knows what uh, big matches we will see there in Pittsburgh. Of course, the last time they were in Pittsburgh, of course, was the night Charlotte and Sasha Banks stole the show, of course, uh, with the Women's Championship matchup. Uh, This time, I can only imagine, depending on if Kevin Owens uh, retains the belt on Sunday. However, if we could see uh, the rubber match between him and Seth Rollins, of course, uh, the first match being between these two, of course, obviously will be this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. And speaking of Owens, however, uh, the powerbomb move he did to Seth Rollins, do you think that may have hurt uh, Seth's chances going into Sunday? Possibly. Um, Well, I think, because I heard uh, well, I think Barry said it yesterday that uh, Triple H is Triple H, and they're trying to set up Triple H and uh, Seth for uh, Rumble. So yes, yes. maybe you have to plant the old uh, thing. So maybe Triple H will help out Kevin Owens. Yep, he could. He, and we talked about it too in our predictions. I mean, he or could. Or Chris Jericho, but I. It would be better if Triple H did. Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to see, obviously, Sunday. I mean, it's going to, it should be a very good crowd there in Boston at the TD Bank North Garden. It's going to be a very big crowd, I'm sure. Of course, Monday night they will be in Hartford, Connecticut, just outside of their main offices there at the XL Energy Center on Halloween night. We already mentioned that Bill Goldberg has been advertised for the show. And, of course, don't forget this coming Monday, ladies and gentlemen, on Raw Radio, the aftermath of Hell in a Cell, of course will be uh, felt from all of us here. And, of course, also coming up this uh, Monday, we were supposed to do it originally yesterday, but because of time snafu and occurrences that are way beyond out of our control, however, we did not get it started, but we will have it this week for you, hopefully. It will be the 10-question Finn Balor Extraordinary Challenge 
between the Iceman and the Human Suplex Machine to see who knows the best about the Demon King. And also we'll get you set up, as you know, with an early talk about uh, the upcoming World Series, of course, mind you, which begins tonight, as you know, in Cleveland in about 15 minutes with game number one as they will be jumping. Who is it, Cleveland versus? Chicago. Oh. Yes. Uh, it will be, uh, I believe, Jake Arriotta pitching for the Cubs tonight. In fact, I understand in Cleveland, the tickets earlier today, someone said they were going anywhere between 1000 to almost 1500 a pop, and in Chicago, they're going between two and three grand a pop. Holy Yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's it's crazy right now. I mean, it's tough because I have a friend who grew up in Cleveland. I have a lot of friends in Chicago, and they're asking me who I like, who I like, and I already made my prediction yesterday. I said, I, I think the Tribe are going to win it. I think... As much as the Cubs have had a great postseason, and Cleveland's had a good season too, I just think uh, something tells me in my gut that uh, Cleveland, uh, after winning the NBA title earlier this year, could become the first city to win two titles in the same year. You never know. But again, Chicago could finally extinguish the curse that they've had since 1908, and that is uh, bringing home a championship. And this is the first time in 71 years they've been in the Fall Classic. Cleveland, of course, has not won the Fall Classic since 1948. So, I mean... It's it's going to be an interesting series, and the Reigns are going to be interesting, too, because a lot of people think that had it been like someone like L.A. and Cleveland would have been a better series, but I think with two good cities uh, deprived of blue-collar workers and hard work like Chicago and Cleveland, it should make fun for an interesting series. Um, I'm going to step out for a second while Gerard is going to give you some other plugs uh, for our upcoming show, so Gerard, if you can do that, I will be back in less than five minutes. All righty, then. Um, tune in to Revolution tonight, 9 o'clock, you'll hear me, JD, MLD, The Boss, Chad Hinshaw, John, Human Suplex Machine on Chatbox, 1724-444-7444, the ID number is 138055, press pound, press 1, um... Tune in to Raw Radio, like J.D. said. We're going to have a good show. We had a really good show yesterday. 1724-444-7444. The ID number is 138744. Tune in to the Wrestling Debate at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. I can't remember the ID number. Uh, Thursday night's Top Heel Inc. 7 o'clock. 8 o'clock, or Friday night, 8 o'clock, or 7 o'clock, sorry, we changed time, I forgot, is Women's Revolution, hosted by MLD, and uh, Saturday is uh, Power Hour, have, uh, sometimes we have the Wrestling Profile Series, and then Saturday night we got uh, Attitude Radio. Sunday we have a TNA main event, 5 o'clock. Not this Sunday, though, because we have our Hell in a Cell pre-show. Um, um, and uh, so it's going to be an exciting week in the world of the ra- wrestling radio.
And this ID number is 1724-444-7444. The ID number is 139926. Press pound, press one. You can talk to both of us right now. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, that being said, do we have anything else we on the docket we can address at all, do you think? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. Well, on that note, folks, we're going to cut out a little early. However, get you all set up for revolution here at 9 o'clock. Don't forget Gerard, myself, and Michelle, and whoever else stops in will be joining us. The caller ID is 138055-POUND. And, of course, tomorrow Gerard and I will be part of the Madness Kingdom at 8 p.m. along with the Black Widow for the wrestling debate. We will see you in a little bit. We want to thank Gerard for coming in tonight. We want to thank you for listening. And, of course, as always, give us a call, 1-724-444-7044, call ID 139926. And you can listen to all of our shows archived on TalkShoe.com, courtesy of our good friend, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, which, of course, archives all of our shows. We will be back in less than a little while. Have a great Tuesday night, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, people, stay classy, and we'll catch you in the ring very, very soon. Good night, everyone. Good night.